In this podcast episode, Hillary had just gotten a new mic and we're still trying to work out the kinks. We apologize that the audio sounds a little bit strange, but we'll have it fixed soon. Twin Flames is a podcast created by best friends and twin flames, Chloe and Hillary, about personal development, shifting the perspective, and getting in touch with the best version of yourself. Chloe is a practicing eclectic witch, entrepreneur, and clairvoyant. Hillary is a mindfulness expert, happiness educator, and practicing therapist trainee. We combine our strengths and knowledge to bring you the best of what we've found has been helpful to us on our respective journeys. So the craziest thing happened. Hillary and I spend a lot of time talking before we record these, and it's like hours because we have to cut ourselves off. It's but true. <laughs> the craziest thing happened. So I was like randomly, Hillary, let me pull your moon cards because I have this moon oracle deck that I love. I will actually link it down below. It's my favorite deck that I own, even over my like actual tarot cards. It's really cool. Um, <laughs> and I was like, let me pull these for you, and I knew. I, I can't, well, I will explain in the podcast, but like, I knew when I pulled these that her significator was going to be this card. And it's not like I like placed it in the deck a certain way or, mm-hmm. um, and actually I didn't even tell you, Hillary, when I, uh, do my cards, I take them in my left hand and I let them fall into my right hand and wherever they split, Ooh. that's like where I pull from, from the top. Ooh. And this one split in three different ways, but I intuitively knew that the one split was the right one. So put that on the top. Her significator was, uh, you are enough. And I, I knew, I knew that was going to be the significator, which was crazy. And it was so spot on. Like that was exactly what I needed. And then I was like, oh, I got these new animal spirit cards. And I was like, <laughs> oh, well, let me just pull one for today. See what it is. And it was the seahorse. By the way, these are a gorgeous deck. Um, I'll find them, put the link down below as well. Really cool. And it was talking about like, personal power and the feminine energy and all this kind of stuff. And what's really cool about both of these cards is both of them were exactly what I needed. And you know how when you see something and you're like, oh yeah, that's totally what I needed. But I didn't know that I needed it until it was right in front of me. Like that's what it was. Beautiful. So cool. (laughs) It was just fun experience. I don't know. It's... And that's actually what we're talking about today. Oh, yeah, it is. (laughs) So I love that this, like, flows into – I think we say this in every podcast that, like, sometimes we have the topic planned and other times we just get to talking in our day and we're like, oh, my God, this is what we're going to talk about. Um, So somebody obviously needs this message. (laughs) But today we're going to talk about intuition and synchronicity. And of course, being us, we have a couple of definitions for you. Um, So intuition, the specific definition is the ability to understand something immediately without the need for conscious reasoning. Mm -hmm. And Hillary, if you want to tell everybody what synchronicity is. Absolutely, I do. So synchronicity is a concept first introduced by analytical psychologist Carl Jung which holds that events are meaningful coincidences if they occur with no causal relationship, yet seem to be meaningfully related. So I I do want to talk a little more about what that means exactly, because that's, I mean, that's a kind of abstract 
concept. Yeah. <laughs> um, Carl Jung, really cool dude. Like, really cool dude. He's not alive now, so know that, please. Um, but he, uh, he had a lot of cool concepts. Synchronicity was one. And when he talks about synchronicity, well, talked, he's not alive, <laughs> talked about synchronicity. It was like, it's, it's like an external reflection of our internal unconscious self or selves. So we see things in the world or we experience things and it has a meaning to us personally but it's something that seems like it's completely unrelated to us. It's like when you see yes. an animal and you're like, oh, that means something to me. But you didn't, like, put that animal there, you know? No. <laughs> you just stumble upon it and you're like, oh, yeah, that has some meaning to me. Like, that's synchronicity. Which is really cool. It's Ugh. really fucking cool. Because it's all, it. like, like, it's completely unconscious. And it's, like, yes. the world reflecting us and us reflecting yes. the world and... And oh, I love it. I've talked, we've talked about this in our manifestation podcast, oh, yeah. um, how we live on like a universal plane of mirrors. Mm -hmm. And so hundred percent. And also we are nature. Right? <laughs> yes, we are. Um, beautiful. <laughs> and honestly, I don't, I want to speak for myself and not you, Hillary, but I feel like I've only more recently, and I think it inspired a lot of this podcast too, I've only recently gotten really in line with my intuition and noticing synchronicity, even though it's been there my whole life. Mm. And yeah, so I, I mean, that's my feelings. I don't know about you. Yeah, um, I found that the more I have found ways to connect with or dialogue with my unconscious the more I notice things outside of myself that speak to a part of me that feels kind of um, hidden or deeper, really. Yeah. Um, so it's like the more I know myself, the more I see myself in the world and the world in me, I guess. Oh, I love it. I love it so much. <laughs> um, and you have some stories about that that you oh want to share. God. So when we were talking about this, I like, with synchronicity and intuition, really, like, there's one story that jumps right the fuck out at me. And it's <laughs> it's a relatively long story, so bear with me. Um, I am so ready. Story time with Hillary. Let's do it. I feel like, I feel like a kid, like, going to sit on the rug, yeah. you know, in, like, school. Oh, my God. Do you – okay, sorry. Eight side stories. <laughs> do you remember in school – because we were in the same kindergarten class. That's how yeah, we met. We when when they would like, our teacher would sing the months of the year song. Yes. And so if your birthday was in that month, you would go sit on the rug. Oh, I forgot about that. Oh. Dude, I still remember that song. It's like ingrained. Do you know that until, this is kind of embarrassing, but whatever, we're all human. Until I was probably in like my first year of college, like until I was like 18 or 19, I had to sing that song to myself to remember the order of the months. <laughs> hey, I mean, I feel like I still do that. I feel like I need to make up a song for the Zodiac so I can remember the order. Oh my God, how cool would that be? Oh. Dude, I should do that. Why is that not a thing? Right? Don't steal my ideas, people. I'm going to do it. <laughs> um. Oh, but stories. Yes. So. Yes. A long time ago, well, what feels like a long time ago, I went to UCSB. I was there for about three years. Um, and then there were a lot of things that happened. I had to make a shift in my life. And I I moved back home. I changed schools, all kinds of stuff, right? 
Was it a break moment? We've talked about this. Oh my god, it was a huge break moment. Like, my life could have gone in two different directions or more, and, you know, you pick one, right? A break moment, by the way, is where, like, your life divides in such a significant way that, like, there is this thing before this thing. Like, oh, that was my life before, and this is my life now. Exactly. It was a massive break moment. Um, So, at that time... I remember thinking to myself, now, UCSB is in Santa Barbara, and the surrounding area includes places like Montecito, Goleta, Carpinteria, like, cute little places, wealthy places, um, particularly Montecito, (laughs) like, wow! Oh, yes. Oakland lives there. So we both, we both grew up in Southern California, but, like, not that area specifically. Yeah. Um, So I think we're kind of familiar, though, with, like, a lot of down there. Oh, Which is cool. I don't know. Side, side note. Beautiful area. (laughs) And I remember yeah. that I used to go to Carpinteria and I would always, I always had this feeling, this, I guess, intuition that I was like, I'm going to come back here one day. And I didn't know what, I kind of just assumed it would be like when I was retired because I was like, this place is expensive. Like, it'll probably be when I'm <laughs> retired. Um, so I always had this feeling like, I'm going to come back here. And I said that multiple times, I'm going to come back here. And then flash forward years down the line and I was I was in a job and I was kind of unsatisfied with how my life was going and then I through a lot of conversations and personal work decided I was going to go back to school and I thought you know what I don't know where I want to go but I finally realized you know yeah I do want to pursue this counseling thing that's kind of been in me and been pulling me my whole life and so I started talking to people and um, looking online and, you know, I saw some schools that I was like, okay, well, that's kind of cool. Whatever. You know, that seems interesting. This is cool. It's fine. And then one of my friends said, well, have you thought about Pacifica Graduate Institute? And I was like, no, I've never heard of it. (laughs) And she's like, oh, well, I went there, you know, just check it out. It might be for you. It might not. Like, you know, just look at it. I looked up the school. And I had this feeling where I was like, damn, that's it. That's the place. So then, and this is where the story gets crazy with synchronicity. Oh, I just got the chills. Oh my God. <laughs> that thing that we described that's like chills. It's like <laughs> but so not. good. So then I find out about this school and I start making plans to like go see my friend's thesis presentation and go to an orientation day and, you know, little things to kind of get to the actual location to see how it feels to be in the space. You know? I had so many times that showed me that this was the right path. And it goes from things from, like, my friend randomly bringing up this place to finding out that my own therapist went to that school, finding out that a previous therapist I had also went to that school, finding out that, um, Elaine Aaron, the woman who came up with highly sensitive people as a concept, Ugh. which we talked about in our last episode, like she she changed my life. She went to that school and then Ugh, you make me want to go to this school and I don't even want to go back to college, but so I feel good. like I could because you know how much I loved up psychology. Oh, yeah. So all of these things I kept finding out and I was like, wow, that's weird that there's been all these people in my life who went to the school and I had no idea. And they're all people that I really, like, resonate with. Then I... Dude, I wonder if my therapist went there. I'm going to ask her. I would not be surprised. Me <laughs> either. <laughs> so then, I get to the school, 
And I start having all these experiences. So I go to this orientation thing, and as they're talking, I begin to cry. Like, I cannot hold it back because everything they're saying is just hitting me. Oh my god, my eyes are watering for you. (laughs) It was so incredible. There was this thing that I was like, oh my god, like, this is the place. And then, this is where it gets trippy. It was their 40-year anniversary that year, and they had a logo that had a butterfly on it, and it was an orange butterfly. So I had gone to their little orientation thing, and then I was driving back to my hotel, super jazzed about this place. And I'm sitting at a stop sign, about to turn right. I have my window open because I love, you know, air and nature. (laughs) (laughs) And I see a butterfly. And you know how butterflies, when they fly, they kind of weave. They go in all kinds of directions, up and down, left to right. This butterfly was making a straight line toward my window, and it was an orange butterfly, the same that was on the logo. And it was flying right toward my window. I had to turn, so I couldn't wait, but... (laughs) It was coming straight for me. Then I went to have my interview a day or two later. And on my drive up, there was this fog. And I had to pass through the fog to get to the school. And it hit me that that was such a metaphor. That instead of going around things or avoiding or anything like that, you have to go through to get to where you're going. And as soon as I broke through the fog, shit you not I had never seen a sky this bright and clear and then I was at the school it was so symbolic to me all of these things happened one after another over time and in a brief period of time and for me that's how I knew I was like this is the place so beautiful that's so beautiful and how does this connect back to Montecito in that area at all or you just still know you're gonna go back okay so this is where what I forgot to say Fun fact, Pacifica Graduate Institute is located in Carpinteria. Oh, shit. Right? That's right. I think I knew that, but I forgot. And I I assume that's over in that area, too, because I'm not familiar, surprisingly, with Carpinteria. And so that's what was so trippy is that years prior to even knowing about Pacifica, I had people in my life who had gone there, and I knew that I was going to come back. I didn't know when or why, but I knew it. And then all these things happened, and it was so clear to me. I was like, this is my place. This is it. That's so beautiful. Ugh. Sorry. (laughs) I got watery-eyed. I got head tingles. I got body (laughs) chills. Oh, my gosh. That was making me feel some type of way, Hillary. That's how it made me feel at the time. Like, that's why I have so much love for my school and why, like, synchronicity and intuition. Like, I fucking love this topic. It was so immediately clear in that time for me. Like, that's what was happening. so beautiful. I love. Uh, I feel like our stories, surprisingly, are a little bit similar. And my story is a lot shorter, so I'm going to tell you a few. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, So story number one, um, I'm 18 years old. And I'm actually, I think I was almost 19 at this point. Like, I was going to be 19. And I think it was December. My birthday's in May. So not quite 19. But what's weird is... I always knew I was going to go to college, even though I didn't graduate, which is, I'm super cool with it. Um, I always knew I was going to go to college and I didn't know, however, that I was going to go away to college and like states away. Um, Like I said, from Southern California, I had no idea that that was going to happen. And I remember, so um, my friend actually, her name's Casey. 
she was going to Utah Valley University. And I remember having this discussion with her before she left. She was like, this school is so awesome. And she showed me like a map of the school and it was open enrollment. So you didn't have to have like, you did have to score a certain thing on your SATs, which I did, um, which I was really surprised that I did. I've that's a whole other topic for a whole nother time on intellectual stuff, <laughs> but um, really surprised that I passed those, but um, there was, it was open enrollment. So like my big thing with college and why I was so afraid to go is I thought in high school, I had to have certain grades to get in, but apparently that was not the case with this school, which I feel like was really fortunate for me <laughs> not to put myself down or anything, no. but that was really fortunate for me. Um, so I decide on a whim, I'm going to apply to this school. I have no idea what drove me to do this because that wasn't my plan. Never in any of this was it my plan to be like, oh yeah, I'm definitely going there. There was no feeling. I was just like, yeah, I'm going to apply. Like, why not? Um, my dad even paid for the application, but like nothing was ever like, oh yeah, you're definitely going to go do this. Mm -hmm. So, um, did the application process, did everything I had to do, got accepted, um, and, you know, at this time, I've been with my husband for almost 11 years, boyfriend and girlfriend at the time. I would be leaving him behind. And I knew that. And I'm such a romantic by nature that this was like soul crushing to me to leave him behind. But so I'm questioning this. And I'm actually at this point, I'm, it's December and I'm going to start school in January. I'm kind of already known that this is my path, but I'm still questioning it. And I remember I was sitting in a Target parking lot, hands on the steering wheel, just asking over and over and over. I'm by myself. Is this the right decision? Is this the right decision? I don't know if this is right. Is this the right decision? Please give me a sign. And I don't even know who I'm talking to. So <laughs> I open my car door to go inside Target and this quarter falls out of my car and I pick it up and it's a Utah State quarter, That's which... Chill. If you guys are unfamiliar, in the U.S., we have state quarters that they rolled out with eventually. So Utah State Quarter, which that's where the school was, and I just knew. Everything in my body was, like, electrified. And I was yes. like, okay, that's the decision. That's where I'm headed. This is the right choice. All of my stories actually involve Utah in a way, um, which I am not Mormon, by the way. Just going to throw that out there because I always get asked when I bring up Utah. Um, second story, um, short, but... During a period, I've lived in Utah for almost 10 years, but there was a nine-month period after getting married where my husband and I moved back home, moved in with my parents in California, and we were miserable. And I'm not trying to take my family down a peg or anything. We just thought we would try out living there because we thought we would start a family eventually and thought, you know what, we need to have a support network if we're going to have children. So moved home for nine months, totally miserable, hated it so much. I cried almost every day living there. I was drinking heavily to deal with it, which I'm not a big drinker now. Um, and I got to a point where it was just so bad. I could not take it another day. And I said to not, I said to my spouse, mind you, we had been looking for apartments to move out. Nothing was working out. My husband lost his really good job. So we were just like, what the hell are we going to do? Um, so, and the whole purpose we had moved there was for my husband to get this job and we thought everything was lining up. And so I was like, I can't do this another day. And I said to my spouse, if there's a way that we can go back to Utah, will you go? And he said, yes. I was very surprised by the way. And it just, in a day, 
it all lined up out of nowhere, like just materialized. I ended up moving in with my friend Casey. She just keeps coming up in all of these. <laughs> Moved in with my friend Casey for a month, got off our feet within a month to the day, and actually ended up moving into the place we're in now with our previous landlord who owned like multiple properties. And it like the person who was living in this property before us had been here for 38 years. So it was so fortunate that this opened up at the perfect time. The rent was super affordable, still is, and it just totally lined up. Okay, last story. Um, my first married house with my husband, we ended up having to move out very quickly. Like within like a two-week period, we had to move out didn't really have the money for a down payment, didn't really have the money to go anywhere, like pretty much had no money to my name. Like gas was literally on empty, couldn't drive anywhere, couldn't do anything. And I stopped my car at one point after searching and searching and searching all day for a place to live. And I was just crying. And I said, universe, please help me. I don't know what to do. I have to be out of this place in five days. What am I supposed to do? Please help me. Please guide me in what I'm supposed to do because I, I can't, I don't know what to do. And there was a sign. I was parked pretty close to the house that we were living in right kitty corner, which is funny because it's the house we live in now. <laughs> there was a sign that said for rent. So I call up the number and it's the landlord that we're with now, but he was advertising a different property at this property. I can actually see where I'm at now, my very first married house. Like it's right there, literally like across the street, two houses down. So cool. I can see it from where I'm living now. Um, so I call him up. He says, Hey, come on down. Um, so I'm like, all right, car, like you best get me there because I'm going <laughs> to guess. Um, pull up to the place. This landlord has a stack of like 60 applicants. And I'm like, ah, oh, shit, like this is not the place. I literally walked out of that apartment with keys in my hand. No questions asked. No, there was no. And he even said, pay me the deposit when you have it. Don't worry about it. Like it was so perfect. My husband didn't even see the place. And I just called him up and I was like, Andrew, I got us a fucking apartment. Like I have the keys in my hand. And he was like, Chloe, like he was crying. Like we moved in within a couple of days. We had friends help us. We even had to borrow money to like get in. Even though he said it was okay, we felt weird not giving him some money. So had to borrow money, able to pay it back pretty quickly. Everything just lined up so perfect. And even when I think about that story now, like what a story to like, yeah. I don't know, have something crazy and line up just like that yeah. intuitively just know all of these things to get there. So sorry, three stories was a lot, I but love it. Oh, that's so <laughs> all good. of them were about moving too. <laughs> it's interesting because that's also, that's also one of those breaks, right? Like mm -hmm. I feel like intuition and synchronicity, at least I'll speak for myself, for me, they're kind of crucial at every turn but specifically at moments where you have to make big decisions yeah i agree the universe just got your back man oh yeah it's just you gotta see it <laughs> yeah um so we do have some stuff that we do want to talk about a little bit that like, kind of like tools, mm -hmm. I would say, to – this could be considered homework in a way. Kind of. <laughs> we just want to talk about some of the tools that you can use to tap into your intuition. Yes, and, and I also just want to briefly say, like, 
I know that there's probably a lot of different kinds of people listening to this with a lot of oh, different yeah. beliefs, and I love that. I think that's amazing. I just want to say that there might be things we bring up that push your beliefs a little bit that yes. maybe don't make sense to you. Just keep an open mind and um, yes. give us a shot to explain before you think, eh, no, that doesn't, that's not me. <laughs> yeah and I mean maybe if it's not for you then like totally. that's also okay absolutely 100%. take what you need or take what you feel is right yes. we're always about that always. on our podcast I think that's why we give so many different options for things like everyone's <laughs> different find your way <laughs> totally yes always find your own path yes um so um if it's okay Hillary I'm I gonna guess. start talking I want to talk a little bit about tarot cards yes. um I do have a link that I'll put down below for my own personal blog where I have a whole post that talks about how to get started with tarot cards and some interesting key points that I'm going to mention now. So tarot cards in modern society, some people love them, use them all the time. Some people super demonize this um, because in modern society, like they've kind of been pushed out for a long time and a lot of cultures just look at them like they are just bad for everyone um interestingly enough a little bit behind the history of tarot cards i've done a lot of research into this um the big reason a lot of people look at them like they are demonized is because of the when <laughs> this gets into kind of a little bit of witchcraft but when witches were cast out and there was like the burning times and all of that tarot cards were a big part of that and in order to get tarot cards, this is another thing. You don't have to worry about buying your own deck if you decide to. You can do that yourself. It's not a big deal. It's not going to make them ruined. That's a big myth. Um, when they were cast out, they were so secretive that you would actually have to have connections to someone to get them in secret. And because of that and because of all the burning times and all of that, it just it was just a big part of that and a huge misconception that these were just bad yeah. overall. Um, and with that, with tarot cards, the part that I want to get into is, to me, they are probably my favorite tool to tap into my own intuition because I get a lot out of them. Um, I feel like they always tell me what I need to hear, even if I don't want to hear it. <laughs> um, and there's a lot of synchronicity in it, meaning... It's like sometimes what I'm feeling, I don't even realize I'm feeling it until I see it right in front of me. And I'm like, oh, yeah, shit, that does make sense. Totally. Absolutely. I also find that – so I, I tend to look at things through this depth psychological lens because that's the program I'm in. Um, and to me, yes. I see tarot cards as just another way to connect with your own unconscious, to connect with that part of you that knows, you know, because – I do believe that there is a part of us that knows and that has this really valuable knowledge and intuition. Uh, it's just a matter yeah. of tapping into that. And I find that for me, tarot cards are a way to like put that right in front of you. It's a way of saying like, oh, that's why when you say like, um, it tells you things that you needed to hear even if you didn't want to or didn't know you needed that. To me, that's the way that it does it, is it's saying, oh, this is something that maybe is in your unconscious right now, something that you're maybe yeah. avoiding or just don't know about. But when it's right in front of your face, that's when you're like, oh, okay, like I can yes. bring that out of my unconscious into my conscious mind and then actually do something with it. 
Yes. Oh, and I love that. And speaking on the synchronicity side of it, a lot of times, and this is why I think I believe so wholeheartedly that they help as a tool, when I pull cards, especially if I'm not listening and I don't want to do what they say (laughs) or like put that into practice or search in myself or what have you, I will go back and read them again and the same cards keep coming up. And I don't like... I don't like shuffle them to be that way. Like literally the same cards will just keep coming up. And I do also want to point out that there's something interesting in that because there, I've noticed there's multiple cards that have kind of similar meanings or there's cards that have dual meanings. However, yes, it's interesting because it's what you take away from it in that moment. So maybe you're pulling the same card at two different times and you're reading it differently based on what's going on internally so again that's why for me it's like you're just connecting with your unconscious you're not you're not doing anything that's evil you know it's just like i'm connecting with a piece of myself that i can't access readily right now yeah 100 percent. and what's really cool is something else that i've noticed is a lot of times when i figure it out or i feel like that that cycle quote unquote has passed Tarot cards tell a story. They'll tell you, like, every single suit and the major arcana, which that's a whole other thing I could talk about tarot forever. (laughs) um, They all tell a story. Like, they're all a cycle going from the ace through the king. And same with the major arcana, starting with the fool, and I think the world is the last card. So when you're going through this, they also tell that story. They'll tell you where you are in the cycle until that cycle is complete. Absolutely. So, and I do feel like that really is connecting with the unconscious. I think so too. And I think that um, pendulums do something similar. Yes. Like, so with a pendulum, if you're unfamiliar, um, I don't know how best to describe it. I guess I, I would describe it as it's a certain crystal or stone at the end of a chain. Yes. Okay. Also, I will link a video down below that is going to also define more into what Hillary's about to explain. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> Interject. Um, so what I noticed with pendulums is the first thing that you do with them when you get it is you hold it and you keep your elbow steady and you hold it and you ask it, you know, show me yes, see what it does. Show me no, see what it does. Show me maybe, see what it does. Now, then you ask it questions and you see what the feedback is based on how it moves. What I think is really cool about that, because here's here's the thing, the only criticism I've heard from people about that is, oh, well, you're just making it move that way, right? Yes. Now, here's the or thing. that it's, like, evil. I've heard that, too. Like, I don't mess with that. That's evil. But here's the cool part is even, so, yes, you might be making it move a certain way, but you're not doing it consciously. So, exactly. you're still, even with that argument, you're still accessing your unconscious through the movement that flows through you unconsciously, even the slightest movement. And it's not like you're sitting there waving it one way and waving it another. No. Yeah. It just happens because maybe there's a piece of you that knows that you can't access it readily consciously. This is how we can do this. I love it. I love it so much. (laughs) You know what's interesting? I don't mess with this because I still have a fear, but I wonder if Ouija boards act the same. I wonder that as well. I think there's a lot of things that do. I mean, I know we also want to talk about like like signs and an internal knowing. And it, to me, it's 
it's all the same. It's just different ways of tapping into that unconscious part of you that knows. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Would you say that there's potential that it could also be tapping into the collective consciousness? Collective unconscious, yes. That's what I mean. Yeah. Sorry. No, I know. It's There's a lot of different terms. They all get blended. But I, I would say so. I would say it's easier to tap into the personal unconscious simply because that's oh, what yeah. flows through us most often. But even the collective unconscious has a voice within us because it speaks to all of us and it includes all of us. The only reason I kind of prodded that a little is because a lot of people do claim to have these like crazy experiences and um, without going too heavily into that, because I do feel like that's another episode (laughs) another time. um, It makes me wonder, I've never thought about this way. This was just a light bulb moment. If that's actually us tapping in energetically to another energy, Mm -hmm. so to speak. Well, there's a lot. Well, I, I think we'll probably have to talk about, like, the unconscious and all of that at some point in an episode oh, yeah. specifically because there is a lot that is unknown that's actually not unknown. Like, we don't <laughs> consciously know it, but there's a part of you that does. It's just yes. how do you access that part? Remember, the unconscious is, like, over 90% of our psyche. Ugh, that, like blows my mind by the way right we're like icebergs <laughs> like the just a yes. teeny tiny oh part gosh. of us is the conscious part <laughs> i've definitely seen that like photo that's out there everywhere that says that like what's going on under the surface yeah, right yeah. um um i know we so personally like i love this topic and i feel like we could go for a good three hours but we do want to keep oh, it to easy. like a time frame you know so we should probably start getting to some practical shit (laughs) um lastly however before we move into like to me the homework portion um i've actually recently talked about this on my instagram cozy at cozy kale Mm. um but universal signs yes and hillary and i i know both have those Mm -hmm. which basically it's just a symbol or a number or something that either you deem or something that's you already see in your reality that is just kind of like a little tip that's like hey things are good like this is and it's like it's it's a very synchronicity based thing also i don't i don't believe in coincidences at all (laughs) i think everything happens for a reason and you see things multiple times for a reason Mm -hmm. um personally my universal sign is my birthday it's the it's 14 or 41 it's always a combination of 14 or 41 as numbers and i catch this constantly whether it's on the clock a bank statement um a time I don't know. I see it right now. I just did a 14 passed by on my um, recording program that I use to do my audio. Like it's, there's also a 41 that I see right now. Like it's literally everywhere. So when I see these numbers, because I put meaning to them, because intuitively I feel like that is the meaning. um, I recognize that this is a sign from the universe to me that things are going in the right direction. I'm on the right path and it's, or whatever I've just been talking about or thinking about, I need to keep thinking about whatever it is or whatever, like, I was questioning, oh, that's the right answer. Mm-hmm. Like, I always know intuitively that that's what I'm being told. So Absolutely. Absolutely. Mine is more in the form, like, mine is, like, 
hummingbirds, or lately it's really been hawks more than hummingbirds. But I do notice that for me, it tends to be birds, interestingly enough. That's funny. That's Andrew's too, my husband. His is magpies, specifically. Interesting. So yeah, universal signs are huge. Huge. You just gotta key into what they are for you. Yeah, and honestly, my rule of thumb, if you don't feel like you have one, tell the universe what it is. I'm not even joking. Like, pick something that really resonates with you and say, okay, this is how you can communicate with me. And I've seen this work for other people 100%. They'll just pick something they really love and they'll be like, whoa, I really do see that everywhere. Oh, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I guess that's a little homework for you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So... Starting into the homework, because we need to get to it, um, I want to talk a little bit about how you know what your intuition feels like. And Hillary and I have different experiences, and it's going to be different for everyone. Absolutely. So um, what I recognize in my physical body is... I recognize that it's like a popcorn feeling in my chest, Mm. like right around my heart chakra. I just feel it. It's a pull. And also all the hairs on my body will stand up or I'll get what Hillary describes as like a chill, but it's not really like you're not cold. Um, And sometimes if it's really powerful, I will get like head tingles too, kind of like I do when I listen to music, Mm. which we talked about that in our last podcast. Yeah, totally. Um, Mine is... Similar in the fact of the chill um, and the pull, there is, I find, an energetic sense of being pulled or pushed, you know, depending. Um, For me, it's usually a sense of being pulled rather than pushed, but I imagine it varies from person to person. Um, I also notice that for me, uh, I, I always find it's helpful to look at the brain, the heart, and the gut. You know, because yes, I, I say a lot that like these are three aspects of us that often are not in alignment or that we don't tend to or speak to. Often we're just yes. talking to the brain and we kind of ignore the heart and the gut. And so my thing is cognitively in my brain, I'll be kind of on a loop, like the same thought will just consistently be there. It will not go away. And then yes, physically like I feel a pull. So in my gut, there's a knowing in my heart. Yes. There's kind of, I almost want to say like a radiance, like, yes, I don't know how else to describe it. It's a very energetic thing. It's hard to put words to it. And I feel like when it's really powerful, sometimes like it's like a vibrate. Yeah, it is. Your body feels like it's like energetically vibrating. I know that's like a weird, I feel like it's a weird way to explain it, but that's really what it feels like. It makes perfect sense. And we can go into that later because, oh my gosh, I'm (laughs) going to get so sidetracked if I start talking about vibrations. (laughs) But um, I do think that this is key is finding out how your intuition hits you and how you experience intuition and synchronicity for you, because we know what it feels like in our bodies and our minds, but it's going to vary from person to person. Yeah. Like yours could be the same, but maybe it's a lot different. And I do want to mention on that note about the gut Hillary um, for me, and I have seen this in others. So just want to mention when something is not right for you intuitively, you'll, well, you may not, I personally feel it in my gut. It's a dropping feeling and I just know, okay, that's not right. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's some really cool research on that. You know what? I think we should make that a whole other episode because I have a lot to say. Like 
Yes. So we won't get into it now, but <laughs> we'll bring you some really cool research. It's yes. it's awesome. Um, but I think also, I don't know about you, Chloe, but I think that one way to find out how you personally experience your own intuition and moments of synchronicity is to form some kind of ritual around it that works for you. Yes, 100%. Um even when I read tarot cards, which like I said, is a very big one and a part of my own personal practice. I do identify as an eclectic witch, but that's a whole other topic too for a whole other time on witches. Um, but something, and you don't have to be a witch to read tarot cards at all. You do not have to identify no, that and way. Also being a witch is really misunderstood. So like yes. suspend your beliefs for a moment if you have yeah. like biases about what witchiness is. Yeah, please do. Yeah. Well, we will definitely cover that in the future. Yeah, we'll get into it. Um, so with that, like a ritual that I like to do is if I'm like, man, I really need some serious answers. Like I pull my cards every day pretty casually, but if I'm like, nope, I'm working with the moon cycle, like I'm doing this and working with the moon cycles is badass. Another podcast for another time. Um, if I'm like, okay, this is where the moon is. This is how it corresponds to me. Um, I will pick like appropriate crystals for whatever I'm trying to work towards or look at. I will pick out incense that corresponds. I will pick out herbs for a bath that correspond and then I will finally sit down and pull the cards in a very I want to say a very energy connected way like I will ground myself and like do the whole meditative connect to mother earth and source energy which again whole other thing for a whole other time but I get very 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 specific and in trance with what I'm doing yes and you know what's so cool about that um we talk about how sometimes like you need to you need to find a way to communicate to psyche that it's time to show up. And yes, that's what you're doing. When you put yes. these rituals in place that send you signals to every part of you, your mind, your heart, your gut, every part, you're giving psyche signals that, hey, it's time to come out and play, you know? <laughs> like for me, I do it a little differently. I'm very very nature oriented so for me I like to go and be in nature and just be with the trees and be with the birds yes. and that's how I get my answers that's how I notice things and the synchronicities yes. there are so real for me like oh my god yes. it's amazing to be honest I feel very similar about nature 110% like I would say I'm very in line with that my only problem is it snows here yeah that's, that's a little <laughs> so tough. for like seven or eight months out of every year I can't even go outside I feel that like it's so interesting because this is so this is what we're talking about guys like well guys gals and all of those who are betwixt and beyond um yes so really that's what this is about is finding a way that works for you to tell psyche it's time to show up and it might be with cards it might be in nature it might be like a number of things there's no yes. wrong way to do this not that i can think of it's for everyone like yeah. everybody has the power to tap into their own intuition it's not for a selected few it's not for special people quote unquote like it's it's for everyone and i think that's a very common theme in our podcast as well it's for everyone totally. and if you think 
think about it, everyone has an unconscious, so why wouldn't it be for everyone? It's just a matter of, yes. like, getting in touch with that piece of yourself. And that, I think, is the challenge, is finding a way to tune in, you know? That, the more you do it, the more you attempt it, the more you find things that bring psyche up, the more you do things and you're like, oh, wow, I got a message in that. Yeah. The easier it's going to be to communicate with your unconscious. Now, it's not necessarily, I'm not saying it's an easy thing. <laughs> it's just, no. it's going to get easier <laughs> yes. if you find ways to tune in. And as you work at it, it really will become easier and easier and easier for you. Just find what works for yeah. you. And, you know, and you'll know. Also, use that universal sign. <laughs> like, create space for it, too. You know, yes. feel into it. Like, I think sometimes we, we want to, like, run away, you know? We're like, oh, there's a thing. No, get away. I don't want to know. I don't want it. <laughs> and, like, instead of doing that, because that's a common reflex. Like, we all have those moments. Instead of oh, doing yeah. that, try and, like, make space for it, even if it's uncomfortable. And be like, okay, well, what is... What's coming up? Because something's arising in me. Instead of getting judgmental, instead of getting avoidant, get curious, you know? Yes. Just, oh, you know. Stay curious. Well, <laughs> I always say that curiosity kills judgment because in my experience, that's what it does. I agree with that 100%. So when you're starting to feel like judgy or avoidant, get curious. Be like, huh, that's interesting. I wonder what piece of me is speaking. Huh. That's interesting. I, I wonder what's happening inside me right now. I wonder where that's coming from. Like, just I feel curiosity. like when we do our episode on witches, we're going to have to start with that. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true, though. It's like, allow yourself to to have that space to feel into it and to allow it. Yes. Even if yes. you're afraid, even if it's something that you're like, you know, this makes me uncomfortable. Now, granted, if it's too much, find some support. You know, don't, yes. don't put yourself into a place where you're like in mid panic attack or you're dissociating or yes. like, don't do that. You know, if that kind of stuff is happening, back off, do some self-care, you know, and find yes. some support. Also, we have a whole episode on self-care if you want to listen to that. Oh, yeah, we do. <laughs> but like, allow yourself to be a little uncomfortable. That's where growth happens. Oh, Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Oh my gosh, yes to all of that. <laughs> I find that even in like my witchy practice, like when I first started out, it was like because of how I'd been taught previously and it was ingrained, like it was a little scary, but now I feel like a pro. Like totally. I'm like, nah, this is awesome and I feel great. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can say that for all kinds of things. I can even say that learning to love myself and care for myself was terrifying initially. That doesn't mean that it was a bad thing to do. It was just frightening no, at the at start. All. So allow for that. It's scary to do things or try uh, things that are different. I love I love how we just brought two different kinds of fear into it. Right? Like just fear of the actual practice, but also fear of like learning about you. Yeah, because they're <laughs> real fears. Like we all have those fears and that's okay. Even, I mean, Chloe, I don't want to speak for you, but I feel like I kind of can with this. <laughs> it's normal to have fears yeah. it's normal yeah. even for us who have been like practicing this kind of stuff we still run into fears don't you play oh yeah 100 yes 110 freaking million percent right? that's not a real percentage but whatever <laughs> it is now um, yeah it is now because we said so right mm -mm. so it's okay to be afraid 
No. It's, I, I have that spoken word artist in my head, Shane. I'm so sorry. I can never pronounce his last name, but I adore him. He, he says at one point, you know, it's okay to be afraid. It's okay to need a hug. Yeah. Because that's real. Like, that's part of being a human. And it is. It's okay to be afraid. It's okay to need a hug. Yes. I'll put a link oh. for that specific one. It's not related, but it's a really good listen, so I'll put it this down. This is fine. <laughs> um, I think in closing here, there is one more thing I wanted to mention. Did you have anything else to say, Hillary? It, we might be about to say the same thing. I'm not sure. Because um, well, I'm I'm gonna say my yeah, thing. Yeah, you should. And it's gonna be it's gonna be funny if it's not the same. <laughs> but anyways, um, I was just gonna say in general something that I wish I didn't mention a little earlier is with intuition, you can connect to people differently. Oh, like yes. Hillary and I have this insane connection. Yeah. Um, we're also twin flames, so I think that's part of it. But <laughs> like we really do read each other's minds sometimes. Like I don't actually hear her thoughts, <laughs> but in my own way, they come to me, if that makes sense. We'll just be on the same wavelength. Yeah. And we've talked about this before, how we've been like talking about something and then like Hillary was drawing it or like totally. it, all the time, Absolutely. constantly. And I don't, I don't know if that's because we're both in tune with our synchronicity and intuition so we can possibly do that. Possibly. I do think it creates a different dynamic. I will say that I can still, if I tap into my intuition, I can relate to almost anyone and understand yes. where they're coming from. Yes. You know, but it's different when you have two people who have been actually working to connect yes. to those parts of themselves. Like that, that does change the dynamic a bit, I think. Yeah. And I don't want to speak for you, Hillary, but I feel like to a point, there are times where you're feeling some type of way and I can feel it. Like, Same. I'm like, Oh, I need to, I need to text Hillary. Like she needs to hear something. Yeah. Like yeah. totally been there. <laughs> totally been there. It's so cool. It's not all the time, but it does happen periodically. Yeah. And that's such a good point. And I mean, I don't know when you really tap into your intuition, you also read people differently. And I can say that that also connects to our authenticity podcast. Like yes. you can tell when someone is being real and you can tell when they're not. And that's an intuitive yes. thing. And it's also because yes. if you know your authenticity and you know your intuition, you can read that shit. Yes. Um, the thing I was going to say, which interestingly is different, um, <laughs> was I totally forgot to mention there's some ways that you can actually like practically, pragmatically try and tap into this intuition and the synchronicity. Um, yes. So like, like for me... When I see animals or when I get messages from the trees, which sounds insane, but trust me, it's really not. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there's a thing I do where, number one, get curious. I know we said that. But then you can also kind of investigate it in ways like look at what the symbolism is. You can look that up online. You can look up, like, what does a coyote mean, you know? Um, Same with numbers. You can see like repeating numbers for yeah. me and I'll look up what's the numerology of this number. Exactly. So you can type in symbolism of blank and you will get many results, you know. Yes. Um, you can also try and look at things as a metaphor. And yes. most importantly, I think, is to find the connection it has to you. So if you see something and you're like, oh, wow, that's hitting me some way. Again, get curious and kind of like investigate where is that connection for me? 
what's coming yeah. up there. So there's ways to actually practically, pragmatically investigate these things. Um, and you can do that. It depends on what your way is. I find it helpful to look up symbolism of certain things, and I find it really, really helpful to find how it connects to a piece of me. Ugh, I just love it. I love everything about this episode. Right? It's so fun. I think fun. this is one of my favorites. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that's really, that's all I got. Yeah. That's all she wrote today. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, in closing, you beautiful people, stay curious, mm-hmm. number one. <laughs> um, but if you guys ever want to reach out to us, we have our email listed down below. We love hearing from we you. Really and lately... Lately, you guys have been talking to us on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook since we've been significantly more active. Uh, By the way, all of our links are down below for that as well. Um, We love hearing from you guys. So many of you tell us that you relate to our podcast. It makes us feel really good and like we're making an impact. So please keep that positivity coming. We really appreciate it. Um, And also, I swear I mention this every single time and it still hasn't been utilized, but one day it's gonna. One day it's gonna. (laughs) Here on Anchor, which is our main hub, if you're listening on Anchor, you can send us audio clip questions. Uh, Potentially, we'll put them in our podcast if, you know, it's something that relates to that day or what have you. Um, We'd love to hear from you in that aspect. And also on Anchor, if you want to, obviously zero pressure, you can support our podcast by becoming, there's like a little membership option. So you can support our podcast. All of the, uh, anything that we make goes back into the podcast currently. So we always appreciate that. And uh, did I forget anything, Hillary? All links are going to be down below. Ten thousand yes, for everything in the episode. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we'll talk to you guys next Monday. Thank you so much for being here, everyone.